Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris with you for another week. This week we do something a little bit different. We do an album that uh, isn't really in the archives because it only came out a couple of months ago. We do Amaranth's Manifest. But before we go to that, how are you, bud? Very good, sir. How about you? I, I cannot complain. I have to say it was a little bit of an interesting week for me because I found myself listening to a lot of Christmas music. Uh, Tis the season, I guess. Um, I, I don't usually listen to a ton of Christmas music, but I was just like, I kind of went down a rabbit hole where I started listening to TSO for obvious reasons. And then I just started listening to the entire Sabotage back catalog because that's typically what happens around this time of year. Um, but uh, there are a couple of other things I just want to mention that I heard this week, which were which really, uh, really, really good stuff. Um, Soen released their new single or their second single from their forthcoming album, which is due out early next year. Uh, these guys are quickly, quickly, quickly becoming one of my favorite bands. Uh, we had the pleasure of seeing them in Atlanta a couple of years ago, and I saw them on 70,000 Tons of Metal twice this past January. And uh, not, all, not only are they flawless live, but their music is just getting better and better and better. Um, I, I think with them, they kind of mix that old tool sound, which I really grew up loving back when I was a kid with that more of a modern Opeth vibe, which I, which I also enjoy. And I, I just think they do a really, really good job. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, highly recommended. I would also like to say that Poets of the Fall just released their 12th and final track from their Alexander theater sessions. I know that you've really enjoyed that as well. Um, Definitely not a metal band, but my God, Poets of the Fall. What can you say about them? Uh, I, that is the only one I haven't heard of the 12 tracks. I didn't even realize the 12th one was released. What song was it? Uh, I believe it was Carnival of Rust, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, all, all of the, the releases, um, I guess that where they've been releasing one every month or so, um, just this like flawless acoustic versions of some of their best songs it's really been um enjoyable i don't know if they're planning on releasing it as a full album now that um all 12 tracks are up but i've been downloading them one at a time and they're all really good yeah I, i'm not sure what the ultimate plan is quite frankly the videos are just so good or they do such a good job with their posts on youtube i hope they put it all together and kind of release it as like a a, a package deal um every single track is awesome and and certainly not a metal band more of a uh almost like an alternative rock band or a, I don't know what you'd classify it as, but they are just so, so, so good. Um, and something that I think anyone can get into because it's, um, I don't know, I guess they just have a very, very, uh, a sound that appeals, I think, to the masses more so than just like the strict metalheads that are out there. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, I think the word you're looking for is accessible. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. It's it's something that everyone would like. They are they are definitely definitely accessible, but they they do such a good job on these acoustic tracks, um, some of which have a backing orchestra and, and and whatnot. It's just really really well done. We'll we'll post uh, one or two of our favorites this week, I think, for everybody, just because of of such a good job that they did on that. Uh, and, and just one other band that I think is worth mentioning. Uh, there was a band out of Spain that a buddy of mine had recommended. Uh, the name of the band was called Velcanos. V E L K-H-A-N-O-S. And I didn't know what they sounded like. I had never heard of them. They're a Spanish band, and it's kind of like a melodic, symphonic death metal band. Um, they had released an album back in June called The Wrath. Um, but what was really surprising is that the clean vocals and the growls come from a singer by the name of Miriam Ortiz, 
really, really interesting stuff. Definitely worth checking out. Um, definitely not my album of the year, but something that I just thought was really, really well done. And I kind of look forward to hearing more stuff um, from them you know, in the future. I, I, I suspect that um, the best is yet to come for these guys. Um, they had released an EP back in 2018, but this was their full uh, their first full length release. Again, it's called The Wrath. The band is Valcanos, and they're they're a Spanish band. Uh, really, really good melodic death metal. But with that, let's turn our attention to uh, well, before uh, before you go there. Um, I just hopped onto iTunes, and they are now selling the Alexander Theater Sessions as a full album. So um, awesome. you can get all twelve tracks uh, on iTunes, and I, I presume it, it would be on Spotify as well. Um, so uh and also um you mentioned christmas music i put together a um like a heavy metal hard rock christmas playlist on spotify and we'll share that this week as well nice definitely uh definitely worth checking out there's you kind of you don't even realize how much stuff is out there in terms of just like you know obviously your traditional christmas standards but just uh cover versions and then obviously we you know we had talked about the majestic album last week which was kind of like a play on uh, a christmas carol it's just the volume of, of of holiday music is is quite overwhelming believe it or not so uh definitely look forward to hearing your playlist and sharing it with everyone right and i think that um the fact that a lot of these bands haven't had you know touring going on in the winter time which would be pretty typical they've had more time to kind of put together some cool christmas uh themed songs so um so yeah uh i will definitely post that um some good stuff in there nice look i uh i speak for everyone when i say we definitely look forward to it uh i want to change our attention to uh the reason why we're here i i had mentioned this uh kind of as an intro or a uh a primer last week when we, when we when we talked about this album and, and why why I selected it you know amaranth was a is a band that you know it's it's they're still in their infancy in the sense that they have a bunch of albums now and we'll, we'll get into those but they've only been around for you know under 10 years now or at least their their first full length release came out in 2011 but when i noticed that they had over 100 million streams on spotify this year for a total of 5.1 million hours of of play I was shocked. I, I just didn't realize, I guess, how big this band was either getting or, or quite frankly, how big they are at this point. Uh, it really was, I, I thought, was worth mentioning uh, those, this, those stats again, just because of how um, massive that is in comparison to some other bands that, you know, everyone that listens to this probably likes. And it, it surprised me, to say the least. Uh, and I thought, let's talk about their new album, because I think it really is, uh, it's interesting uh, on a number of levels. Um, before we get there, when did you first hear this band? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. Um, I had I heard of this band before they released anything, and it would have been when we were at uh, Prague Power USA 11, which would have been in 2010, and uh, Camelot was the headlining band on friday night and there was all this drama with uh roy khan had just left the band and and um they had a whole u.s tour planned um you know following prog power and there was you know they canceled the tour and there was talk of them potentially canceling the 
the Prague Power appearance and, and uh, Michael Erickson, the lead singer of Circus Maximus, uh, decided to fill in. I think he learned like all of the lyrics in just a couple of weeks and came in and, and did a really fantastic job uh, filling in at the last minute. But there was um, two vocalists that were doing uh, guest vocals with Camelot and one was Elise and the other was... Uh, Jake, who is no longer with Amaranth, but they were two of the founding members. And I re- recall people saying like, oh, you know, they started this band called Amaranth. They have um, an album coming out. And I was, I remember thinking to myself like, well, they're here at Prague Power, so I wouldn't be shocked if the band gets uh, booked at Prague Power. So when the album came out, I was aware of the band. So I was, I was eager to check it out. And, and I was, I really enjoyed how, uh, different their sound was compared to anything else I had heard up until that point. Yeah, that's what really you know did it for me as well. When I, when I first heard them and I heard the debut the debut album, I, I, I can't say that I had heard anything quite like it. I obviously we had been listening to a bunch of symphonic metal bands. This is not that. This is more of a modern pop metal, I, I guess you would say. Um, with with a unique three pronged vocal attack, you have obviously Elise singing um, the clean, you know, operatic or some, you know, the, we'll call it like uh, you know the sopranic soprano vocals, but then you also have both clean male vocals and growls, which I just thought was a unique like three headed monster combination um, combined with music that I would either call like dance music or pop music. I'm not really sure what you you call it, but it's definitely different. Um, and, and we'll get to just how much, how different it is and, and I guess the impact that they've had in such a short time. Um, but I remember hearing the debut album and I was I couldn't get enough of it. I think I played that album on repeat uh, for months just because of how unique the sound was, I guess. Um, and, and there was it was just something that was, you know, we talked about accessible earlier with poets. Um, very, very accessible stuff. You'd agree. Yes, and I think just the the catchiness of the songwriting mixed with kind of like the synth sound and the three vocalists. Uh, I mean, it it kind of combined the, the what's great about melodic death metal with what's great about power metal and a little bit of of metal core as well. Like all of those genres kind of rolled into one. Like it, it just honestly just the. Um, the just hearing something like that that i'd never really heard before it was really kind of a a new sound and and you've probably like heard since then like other bands that have kind of tried that to try to like follow that that lead but um i mean they were definitely the uh forefathers and mother if you will of, of yeah. that kind of style yeah, I actually, I, I plan on discussing some of those other bands, or at least mentioning other bands that have adopted this style. But I think it's safe to say that Amaranth was definitely the first. They, they, they were the trendsetter in that regard. And I would also say that when I heard the debut, I noticed that all the songs were relatively short. Not that they were necessarily going for a radio signal. Uh, signal. It, it, it's not that, but it's just really in, out, and then on to the next one. And, and there was something about that which appealed to me. I found it to be a nice contrast to a lot of the prog stuff, which kind of goes on. And in certain cases, they meander and go all over the place. This was really in, out, and then onto the next, onto the next riff and melody, which I, which I really enjoyed. And to this day, when I, when I look, when I go back and I listen to their self-titled debut, I, I absolutely love it. Um, 
since then, the band has come out with a, a number of other albums. They came out with the Nexus two years later with the same lineup uh, for all intents and purposes. I think that um, they had switched one of the vocalists or at least the uh, the growls on that was was performed by Hen Henrik Wilmson. They also came out with Massive Addictive in 2014 uh, and, and then a pair of albums in 2016 and 2018. Uh, the band kind of lost me a little bit with the last couple of albums, but when I, you know, and when I say lost, I'll just say that I just thought that the, some of the earlier stuff was a little bit better. Um, the, the melodies and, and the stuff just kind of stuck with me and resonated a little bit more, but then they came out with this album and it's the second album, which not only features Elise doing the female clean vocals, but also feels, uh, features Nils Malin from Dynasty doing the, uh, the, the male clean vocals. And I, and I note that Dynasty, uh, I'm a little bit of a Dynasty fanboy. I love that band. So when I heard that he had joined the band for the last album, I was really, really excited. Uh, and, and Helix is a good album, but, I, but I'll say this, I think Manifest blew it out of the water. And I think it's probably, if not their best album, it's certainly their second best album to date. Um, Let's do a dive into the album. Um, what what were your initial impressions when you first heard it a couple of months ago, and then when you went back and revisited it now? Uh, you know, I don't know that I thought much of it the first time I listened to it. I don't know if I wasn't like if I was just like busy with work or wasn't paying close attention. But um, I went back to it a few times since it came out, and I just liked it more and more uh, each time that I listened to it. I, I don't really think there's a bad song on the album. I think it's really strong start to finish um no pun intended um i think that it's probably my favorite amaranth album since uh probably their third maybe their third album um massive addictive yeah or i just i felt like the that's the previous two albums were a little bit lacking for me um the first album with Nils and the last album with Jake. Um, I don't know if there was just some sort of like, you know, internal, uh, you know, creative differences. And then with Nils coming on, maybe like they were just kind of finding their way again. But um, th there was definitely some like classic Amaranth songs that are really good. But then like there was just some stuff that just didn't really do a lot for me. And I feel like this is the first full like start to finish Amaranth album that I think has been really strong uh, all the way through um, the, all this, they, they released a ton of singles from it. All the songs are really, really good. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when, when they released uh, maximalism in 2016, that was the last album with Jake. And from what I understand, uh, there was a little bit of internal strife at that point, and I think the band was kind of going in two different directions. Uh, Jake would soon leave thereafter and form um, his band, Sira, which features guys from uh, In Flames and some other bands. Um, that is a really, really good band as well, and it kind of takes this same uh, melodic, uh, almost poppy style, but again, with his with his clean vocals, uh, really good stuff and, and worth checking out. It just doesn't have that female... Uh, vocal attack on top, um, but good stuff in its own right. And you can see how he certainly influenced some of those earlier Amaranth albums with his songwriting. Um, but aside from that, you know, the, the bulk of, of this album is written by both Olaf, the, the guitar player and Elise, 
uh, the other vocalists. And Olaf obviously is 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 well known for his time in Dragonland uh, and and other work that he's done. And Elise at this point seems to be doing a lot of guest spots on other albums just because of the fame and notoriety that I think she's achieved from from her time in Amaranth. So so kudos to them for that. But it's that but it's that kind of like dance rock which which they've got going on, which is just. Uh, they're onto something. There's no question. Uh, when I when I first heard Manifest, what, what what struck out to me is songs like Fearless and Make It Better really just seem to harken back to their old style from like the first two albums, at least in my opinion. Uh, and, and I think that it, they both make for really strong albums to start out this particular album. Um, what I found was that it was difficult to find a, a, a favorite track off the album. And every time I listen to it, I think I find different tracks that kind of stand out to me. Uh, the most uh, unique track was probably track number 10. It's called Boom. Um, definitely, definitely different. I, I don't even know what I would classify it. I mean, it's got a bit of rap in there. It's got a bit of everything. Not my favorite track by, by any means. And I, I think quite polarizing in many respects, but, uh, but definitely interesting um, to, to say the least. But there are other tracks that I, I, I particularly liked. I thought Crystalline is is a really, really great ballad and 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 one of my favorite songs off the entire disc. Yes. And um, what's cool is that um, they have uh, Pair 2 from uh, the cello player from Apocalyptica does a, a guest appearance on that track, uh, as well as uh, Elias, the keyboard player from Dragonland. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, Boom has uh, Heidi Shepard from, I believe, Butcher Babies um, as a guest. There's a lot of cool guest appearances. Jeff Loomis is, does a guitar solo on Do or Die. Uh, Nora from Battle Beast uh, d- does like a duet with Elise on the song Strong, which is uh, kind of, yeah, kind of like a ballady type uh, song. Really good stuff. Um, I don't bo- like so. I-, I kind of think that like "Boom" was definitely that um, that divisive song on the album, kind of like that song was um, two albums ago. But I think the difference is that like to this day, I still don't like that song, and I kind of like "Boom." Like again, not like you said, not my favorite song on the album, but it's kind of cool just because it's a little bit different. Like um, Henrik does some some kind of like like really speedy almost rap style death vocals which is kind of neat um it's, it's just a cool song uh something a little bit different but i agree like a lot of songs in this album really uh harken back to the older days of the band i, I like i kind of had a hard time when nils joined the band getting used to hearing the singer from dynasty in Amaranth. I had just gotten so used to Jake. And so I don't know if I took to, and mind you, I'm a huge fan of Nils and dynasty, but it was just an odd mix, I guess. And so it took me a little while, I think to kind of take to him being the replacement for Jake. But I think this album definitely solidified the choice for me. And I'm kind of glad that he's in the band. I think it's for me, it clicked finally. I agree with you. I'm glad you mentioned that. When I first heard that they were going to uh, unite and and come together for the last album, I was excited. But at the same time, they had such an iconic sound, in my opinion, that I was a little uh, hesitant or a little um, I I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, And and I guess as it's marinated over time, uh, certainly this album, 
I'm very much now used to the style. Um, you know, Jake's vocal style is kind of hard to replicate in many regards. So to say that um, to say that Nils's style is different would be accurate. It's not the same vocal style. They have a different sound, but somehow it seems to come together. And I think they're really hitting their stride once again. Um, so I look forward to actually seeing this uh, incarnation live again, just because I think that um, I, I think they're onto something again. I'll, I'll say this, you know, on, on the last track, Do or Die, you mentioned the uh, the appearance by Jeff Loomis. What struck out to me about that track is that there was just more um, more vocals done by Nils, and I liked it. And I really wanted, I, I guess I wanted to hear more of him shine on this album, where it seems like he's more of the, where, where, where I guess where Jake was kind of front and center with Elise. It seems that... Um, Henrik and Elise take the lead on this album, whereas Nils takes kind of a tertiary role, or at least that was my opinion. Um, but that's why a song like Do or Die is so fantastic, because I think Nils shines and you really get to hear his vocal style with the, uh, you know, the poppier sound of the band. Right. And I think that's because Elise doesn't sing on that song. I think it's just... Um, it's, just it's just him. It's just him and Henrik. Right. So, um, which is interesting because the single... Uh, that was released before the album came out um, was didn't have either of them on it. It was actually just uh, Elise and Angela Gasso, who is the uh, former lead singer of Arch Enemy. Um, so like they kind of went a completely different way on the, the album version. I think I actually prefer the album version, just like you said, because you get to hear a little bit more of, of Nils being, you know, showcased. I wonder if maybe the thought was that like, well, everybody knows what he sounds like. They've listened to dynasty. So we don't need to like, you know, push him too hard in the, in the forefront. But yeah, you know, like it's, it's good to hear him kind of get a little bit more of a, of spotlight. Uh, Definitely. And, and I'll say this, you know, you, you had mentioned, um, you had mentioned the do or die single version as one of the bonus tracks. This album has really, really good bonus tracks. Um, they do 82nd All The Way, which is a Sabaton cover, but they do a really unique version just because it's definitely in their own style. Uh, you had mentioned the, the Do or Die version with uh, Angela Gasso. They also do a an acoustic version of Adrenaline called Adrenalina, and it's actually in Spanish. And it's, or at least I thought it was in Spanish, really, really interesting take on Adrenaline, which is probably one of, if not my favorite song from the actual album, just a mid-paced song that then speeds up and, and the tempos kind of change throughout, albeit in a three-minute track. And they also do a, uh, a one of the other bonus tracks is an, an orchestral version of Crystalline, which again was, was definitely uh, the ballad on the album, but a really, really good ballad. Uh, I, I just strongly recommend checking out the bonus tracks if you get a chance. Um, Good album. I, I have to say, you know, it's 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 not going to be my album of the year, but it was something that I really enjoyed. And, and, and for a band that I was kind of, uh, you know, I, I guess just not listening to as much. It was really good to revisit some of the older stuff. And of course, to revisit this album, which came out earlier this year. Um, do you have a track that you that you'd uh, like everyone to hear is like kind of your track of the week? Uh, yeah, I I kind of. Uh enjoyed like i said the whole album on a whole so it wasn't a super easy choice but um i would say my favorite song is probably uh archangel which is track number nine and it's just kind of like your your classic uh you know um high tempo fast paced like foot tapping amaranth tune i mean not much else to say about it it's just a good it's just a good like 
you know, it's under three and a half minutes. It's, it's just, uh, it's just a really good, really good track. I, I, um, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and I would probably just as a secondary recommendation go with, um, would re- just recommend the song strong because I'm just such a huge fan of, of Nora from battle beast vocal. So hearing her kind of do a duet with Elise is, is a real treat. Yeah. You, that's a band that's been on your, I, I know how much you enjoy battle beast. So when I heard that she was going to be guesting on this album, I immediately thought of you just because I figured that would be a nice pairing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a really cool dichotomy because Elise has such a, such a clean voice and, and Nora has such a kind of like raspy kind of like uh, a little bit more of an aggressive voice. So it makes for a really cool kind of, uh, you know, combination. I, I don't disagree. It was, that's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, but if I'm going to pick one just for everyone to, to listen to and something that we'll put out there this week, I'm going to go with adrenaline just because I like the change of pacing and I like the, 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 the mid tempo feel for the beginning. And then it obviously speeds up in, in my opinion from there. Um, one of the things that I think we, we had alluded to earlier, they were really genre defining in their sound in the sense that nobody was doing stuff like this. So I just want to mention a couple of bands that are uh, definitely pulling from from the Amaranth influence. Uh, another Swedish band called Follow the Cypher. Uh, they came out in 2014, predominantly female vocals, but again, with that kind of like uh, synthy background, uh, definitely worth checking out. There's another band that actually predated Amaranth, but almost switched their sound a couple of albums ago. Uh, so, so, so much so that when when they released their full length album Bizarro World in 2011, um, and I'm, I'm talking about the band uh, Deadlock, uh, that band actually really kind of changed their sound. I think after they must have heard Amaranth because they kind of adopted that style. Uh, a really, really cool band that they came out with uh, Bizarro World in 2011, The Arsonist in 2013, and, and, and an album a couple of years ago. But those two albums uh, from 2011 and 2013 definitely uh, adopted the Amaranth style. And, and, and perhaps most strikingly, another uh, band from Stockholm, Sweden, Metalite, which I know you're a big fan of, uh, they are definitely uh, uh, cut from the Amaranth cloth. You want to tell us a little bit about them? Uh, yeah, I mean... I thought of Amaranth immediately the first time I heard them. Uh, it's just one one female clean vocalist, so you kind of don't have that three-headed monster, so to speak. But um, the the music is kind of similar. It has that kind of like that poppy synth kind of uh, mixed with your heavy metal guitar. Uh, so in that respect, yeah, I definitely agree. Like um, musically, they're similar. Just vocally, it's a little bit different. But um, right, I'm a big right. fan. They have two albums, and I definitely recommend uh, both. I enjoy that band quite a bit. Yeah, they came out with uh, Heroes in Time. I think that was their debut. It was from 2017. And then last year, they came out with an album called Biomechanicals, which was also quite good. Uh, I think they're due with a new album um, next year. I believe it's entitled The Virtual World. That, that, that'll be their third their third release. Again, different vocal styles, but musically uh, very, very similar to Amaranth and, and clearly a, a big influence. Um, if you had to rank this album, I know you were saying it was one of your favorites in a while. What do you give it on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I would probably give it uh, like an 8, 8. 8.0 out of 10. Um, it's a very good album. It's not like a classic by any means, but um, just a very like, you know, start to finish, just enjoyable, 
very good album. Like I give it a, a very, uh, like a high recommendation. Definitely uh, nice. an eight. I, I, I'm going to give it a 7.5, but that's not to take away from, from the album. It's very good. And I, I, it was the kind of album where as I sat there and I was listening to it, as I was doing work or, or doing other things, it's kind of like a perfect accompaniment to, uh, doing other things. And obviously I enjoyed listening to it, uh, you know, with, with my headphones on and really taking a deep dive into it. But, um, I just found that it was like just the perfect background music while I was doing work. I'm not sure why, maybe it's just the short tracks or maybe it's just the fact that it's so catchy, but I, 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 I did. I enjoyed it. And, and, and it's a solid 7.5 and, uh, it'll, it'll, if it's not in my top 50, it'll definitely be, uh, on just, just outside looking in because it's, it was, it was really enjoyable. And, and now that they've kind of started hitting their stride with Nils, um, I look forward to seeing where they go, um, in the future. Cause I have to suspect that they have a new album, you know, in the works just because they haven't been able to tour, unfortunately. But, um, when, when things do open up, I, I, I do, I do think that they will be hitting the road very, very soon just because they, they, they kind of made their bread and butter touring and they were, you know, they had a bunch of tours set up before um, obviously the virus struck and kind of put all touring on hold. No pun intended, I assume. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Well, it should um, be, it should be mentioned uh, that Amaranth is a really good live band. Like I've seen them a number of times and they tour the U S quite a bit uh, and they're, they're always just, they just put on a really solid show. Like the, you would think that it, it might sound crowded having three vocalists at the same time, but I mean, they do it like very seamlessly. It's, it's a very impressive and en- enjoyable live show. Yeah, I would agree. And it's interesting because I'm not usually a fan of like, the, of either a ton of orchestration or, um, you know, piped in keyboards, but with a band like this and with like just this, this massive sound that they kind of hit you with, it's a must, but somehow they're able to pull it off live and kudos to them because um, it, it can't be the easiest sound to replicate for sure. Oh, no doubt. I, I look forward to hearing some of these songs live. Yeah. I, I would imagine that you're going to get quite a bit of it um, when they, when they tour again. So it's something to look forward to uh, in 2021 and beyond for sure. I, I think that, um, I think, like I said, the, the Spotify numbers speak for themselves. They, this, this, this album was clear, clearly well received, and I suspect that you'll be hearing a bunch of these tracks um, as part of their set list. And quite frankly, many of them may become staples for years to come just because of the success uh, of this particular release. I have to think it's their most successful album to date. I know that it, it charted uh, extremely well um, all over Europe, uh, Austria, Belgium, uh, Czech Republic and, and so on. It really just, it, it did very, very well in Europe and, and understandably so. It was a, it's a really, really nice disc. And, 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 and I think the best is yet to come for these guys. Absolutely. I, I believe that they were supposed to tour with uh, Beyond the Black in Europe. And I would love to see that tour make its way to the States as uh, I don't believe Beyond the Black has ever played a show in the U.S. So um, yeah. that would be, that'd be a heck of a heck of a show to see. And Maybe it'd be like a, a good way for Beyond the Black to kind of inch their way into touring the U.S. Yeah, I, that, that's another band I love. Um, I, 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 unfortunately, they've not made it over yet. I'm hoping that they play either a festival or, or something just to kind of get a foothold here in the U.S. Um, but certainly, if they were to come over with Amaranth, that would be a show I would travel to see just because it's um, two really good bands. And I, I can only suspect that Beyond the Black is great live, too. Uh, based on any sort of videos I've seen online, they, they definitely sound very good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 a tour that we uh, we cross our fingers and hope they come over for. 
Um, and, and with that, I guess that'll bring uh, Manifest to a close. And uh, I believe you're picking the track or, or the album for next week. So uh, I'm curious to hear what you have in store because I, you know, I, I have no idea what you're about to say. Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of it's going to come full circle from the beginning of the episode when you were discussing uh, Christmas music and going down the sabotage rabbit hole. And to be honest with you, I was planning on choosing this even before you said anything. So it just kind of works out kind of, kind of in a funny way, but um, I thought it would be a really good time to talk about uh, sabotages dead winter dead album from 1995 being that it was the first album to have uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo, which is like one of the most <laughs> well-known Christmas songs, uh, but not, you know, well-known as a sabotage song, well-known as a Trans-Siberian Orchestra song. So, um, I, I mean, that album, for whatever reason, it's not a Christmas it's not a Christmas-based story or anything like that, just that one track, but it makes me think of Christmas or, like, for whatever reason, and I think I, I understand why you say, like, it may, you know, you end up listening to Dead Winter Dead and then you end up listening to, like, the entire Sabotage discography. And I, I thought it was interesting that we haven't talked about a Sabotage album yet, so I just felt like the timing was right to uh, to go with the, this particular album. This this is the time. No 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 pun intended. Uh, it's, I look forward to discussing that. I I'm a sabotage freak. I love 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 that band, and I think that that is one of their most interesting albums for a number of reasons, which I will get to next week. But uh, in the meantime, we hope everyone enjoys uh, the rest of their week. Happy listening. Uh, as as we said, a we have a bonus episode that is uh, in the works, so we look forward to releasing that very very soon. Uh, and also give us a follow or a like. We appreciate the uh, the support and we look forward to bringing you Sabotage's Dead Winter Dead next week. Hope everyone has a great week. Take care, everybody.